0: fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try and it's
1: for the touchdown. What a great second. Oh, here comes the Oh, here, 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 here comes the Wolf Pack, what is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves here with your Week 9 DFS podcast of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, paving your path to 2019 titles. As always, we are a GPP-focused podcast. We're not looking for cash game safety. This is focused on that millionaire maker uh, just to make sure you're all aware. So that means no Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Just those 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock slate games. And we're going to give you the best strategies the players to pick, uh, what our lineups are looking like. We've actually cashed Three weeks in a row now since starting this podcast. So, knock on wood, we're hoping to keep that rolling. And as always, I'm going to be with Jimbo Slice of our RotostreetJournal.com. Make sure you're checking out his article for even more picks than what we go over tonight. But, Jimbo, how's everything going tonight?
0: Well, uh, happy Halloween to you, Wolf. And, uh, you know, hoping to get some freaky and sco- uh, spooky picks in here tonight.
1: Uh, hell yeah, spooky in the sense that they, they're going to win us a million bucks. It's not a happy Halloween when you live in Salem, Massachusetts. Every fucking road is closed. It's just hell on earth. There's people everywhere. I heard a stat that's like actually the most densely populated place uh, in America for this one day because it's a small city and so many assholes decide to come visit. It's just brutal right it. now. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, But either way, this gives us a nice little escape from the the hell until I have to go right back out into it. So we're going to go position by position, as we always do, give you our favorite picks and plays from those positions. And as always, I love to start with running backs. That's where I build my lineup around every week. I know, Jimbo, you have a similar strategy. Who are you paying up for? Who's the big guy you're looking at this week?
0: Well, I'll leave the big guy for you. But Mm. um, another one that I'm going to consider paying up for, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, He came out today. He was unpleased with the number of touches he's been getting recently. So, you know, that fits into that squeaky wheel narrative Mm. when the Wolf hit big on that with Stefan Diggs a few weeks ago um, at the Road Street Live party that we heard all about, of course. (laughs) So, you know, Bell's 7,700. He's playing against Miami, which is a fantastic matchup. And when you get a guy that's complaining about his uh, usage and touches, They're probably going to feed him the ball all day long. So I love Bell. You might be able to uh, work him in your lineup with one of the other horses above him, but I think Bell's going to have a a very good chance of being locked in all my lineups this week.
1: Yeah, totally. And Adam Gase, in addition to that squeaky wheel narrative, came out and said, it's my fault I didn't feed him as enough as I should have. Uh, And he's kind of already greasing the wheel. Let's see if it comes into action, but I'm fully with you. I love Bell, and I'm actually trying to find my best possible way to work him in with one of the two most expensive guys this week. It's insane. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook are both 9,500 and 10K respectively. So you know that that's an insane amount of money, and it's tough to pay up for. But they're just that much better than the rest of the pack, in my opinion. That you gotta pick which one you're gonna go with, uh, because again, without Zeke, without Barkley, like you're without your elite workhorses outside of these two. And so you're putting yourself at a severe disadvantage if you don't try to get at least one of them in, in my opinion. And the guy I'm siding with is Dalvin Cook. He's facing Kansas City. We just saw Aaron Jones have a 40-point day against him, as well as Jamal Williams putting himself up like 20 points too. So this team can bleed points to the running backs. They have been all year. Frank Clark questionable right now. and uh, Clearly that was a, a big impact um, th- this weekend too. So Dalvin Cook, I think this team is going to dominate... Uh, at the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to dominate as a receiver. The only worry is if they get up so big early, Madison might come in and take those late-game carries. But if that's happening, that means Dalvin Cook's already feasted. So between him and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, C-Mac's in a great spot against Tennessee, too. They're nothing special right in the middle of the road against running backs, so if you want to pay up that extra 500 he's even a little bit safer. But still, I- I'm going Dalvin Cook all day, trying to find my best possible way to get Bell in there, too, because like you mentioned, I love that Miami matchup for him, the squeaky- narrative i'm always about uh but ultimately it could be tough to do just because of how much more expensive they are and if you're not able to there's still plenty of middle range guys that i personally love is there anybody you're making sure to get in there in your middle range jimbo
0: uh there's one guy i know and i know our our boy ian harditz from last week is big on him this week as well and that's derrick henry uh 5700 you know you face that panthers defense that it's they're so much better to run on than they are to throw the ball. And we just saw Tevin Coleman just absolutely shred them last week. Mm-hmm. And we know that as, as the year goes on, Derrick Henry gets better. And yeah. we're entering November now, so it's like he's tick- he's turning it up a notch here. So uh, this has the prime makings of a Derrick Henry explosion smash spot. And he's only 5700 which is probably his cheapest all year. Yeah, his cheapest price he, he's been all year. I love pouncing on him at this price here. I would love to get two big price backs in and throw him in my flex and then work from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We smashed against Carolina last week with Coleman. That was our most featured guy. I definitely ended up helping me. And, and I, Did you cash out last week?
0: I did, yes.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian, as well. Yeah, that was the first guy we talked about um, and, and made sure to get him into the lineups. He crushed it. And, and Henry, similar, if not more talented, I think this front seven uh, is going to get dominated by that beefy line from Tennessee. There's going to be gaping holes for Henry, at least two, maybe three scores. So I'm fully with you. I love that one. In addition, Aaron Jones is only 7000 I know that's more expensive than Henry by 1300 but if there's some possible way you can work in Dalvin and Aaron Jones. If you didn't want to, you know, spend up for Bell that extra seven hundred. I also love Josh Jacobs facing Detroit at six thousand five hundred. His workload. Uh, when they win, he averages twenty four touches a game and over twenty three fantasy points per game. When they lose, those numbers drop dramatically. You got to imagine Gruden's aware of that. Uh, Detroit. They're really going to try to establish that run game. Keep. Matt Stafford off there. I love just targeting anyone in that game. I think there's going to be a ton of points there. And Jacobs, the third most points to running backs against Detroit. I think he has himself a monstrous day as well. So there's just some middle range guys that I love. What about 5K and under? Is there anybody you're looking at there?
0: Uh, There are a couple guys. I feel like Mark Walton's a decent one. He's... (sighs) i know yeah it's for a tournament,
1: like how much upside does mark walton actually that's bring? the thing
0: like you get the usage sort of but his production hasn't been great so if i'm going for I'm um, if i want to go for it all i'm probably gonna look at Tariq cohen 4200 um mm-hmm. they're facing the eagles and the eagles have a pretty stout run defense which is why i kind of shy away from montgomery and i'd lean more on cohen where you're probably not gonna be able to run the ball a lot on him and cohen can just rack up catches and yardage after the catch and he's the guy that you know at 4200 when he puts up like a 20 spot if he breaks off a long yeah. 50 yard catch or something he's a guy that could easily beat a linebacker or whoever's matched up on him out of the backfield so I think he's got some really good tournament upside um so I am I would consider Tariq Cohen
1: absolutely and, and I know similar to you guys, we kind of alluded to like we're trying to get two horses and plus like Henry in our flex we're not usually looking at this tier Anyways, right. one guy that really caught my eye. It's similar to last week when we just highlighted the fact Mixon was only 4600 last week. It's like it's Mixon. I get he sucked, but like Joe Mixon should never be 4600. He ended up putting up right. a 19 or whatever it was last week at that cheap price point. And I see another guy similar to that. That's Melvin Gordon this week down at 5000. I mean, if I told you last year Melvin Gordon was going to be 5000 bucks, Ooh. you'd be screaming. At, you know, you're a lunatic. There's no way. And yeah. I understand why he's been. He looks like complete shit while he's been out there, to be honest. I think he doesn't have a run above seven yards. Maybe last week he got like one for 10 for the first time ever. He's been over seven yards. Almost all of his runs have been for three or less this entire year. He looks sluggish. He looked like he's been shaking off the rust, so I I totally get the hesitancy. I get the low pricing. But there's a few things I like this week. One, Green Bay has no D-line. I think they can finally have a, a good matchup to, to dominate on the trenches here. Two, Anthony Lynn becoming the offensive coordinator, firing Ken Wisenhunt. He's got a very run-heavy uh, historic past here with Shady leading the league in Russia. And he's got multiple league leading Thomas Jones back in the day. Anthony Lynn is just a, a run-game maestro, and I really think he's going to turn back to his horse. This could be the highest usage we see from Gordon yet on the season. Um, between the matchup, between the the, the coaching change and then. The price point at 5K, I wouldn't be shocked if Gordon has one of those breakout games and everyone's like, I couldn't believe this guy was 5,000. And you get low ownership because he's just been sucking so much. I also got to highlight that if Connor is out, Jalen Samuels is only 4,000 bucks right now. Now, everyone's going to be on him if if Connor's out. You're kind of just eating chalk at that point, but it'd be tough chalk to erase because the price is so good you know a Steelers workhorse is always going to get 20 plus touches. Um, They're projecting right now, speaking of chalk, that Jalen Samuels will be 42% owned on Roto Grinders. Dalvin Cook comes in right after him at 23. C-Mac at 20. So again, that's that debate, like which one are you going between those two big horses. Carson consistently like right in that low 7K and always high owned because of it. 17.9 and then Chubb at 16.6. So the projected owner as of right now, is there anyone you hear there and you're like, eh, not not my cup of tea?
0: Um, not really. I mean, I think they're all pretty good plays. I would err on the side of Chris Carson just because Tampa Bay is very pass funnel defense. So mm-hmm. I'd look to play more Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf than I would uh, Chris Carson this week.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I totally agree of all the names there, and I'm actually shocked that Bell's not on that list. I, I bet you by the time and these aren't perfect; they're just projections. I bet you by the time Sunday rolls around, you know, we're going to see Bell a lot higher on that list with the squeaky wheel all coming out right now with the matchup as ripe as it is. Um, I think he's going to be probably in those top three to four ownership percentage, and deservedly so. So we'll find out uh, there. Now let's move on. PPR, obviously, if you're playing DraftKings. So I did want to say, too, actually, before we move on there, I know you mentioned Mark Walton, and it's like, that's hideous. But ultimately, I don't hate targeting that game. Uh, You know, when you find the cheap shootouts, that's Mm -hmm. where DraftKings millionaires are made. Like, and I, I see that New that New York Miami. We're gonna get to some of those weapons in a second. I see that being one of those cheap shootout style games that, you know, you get like 30 points on each side and they only cost you 4-5K to 5K in DraftKings because it's such a gross offense. So if that is the case, maybe Mark Walton does stumble in for two touchdowns. Like just the name itself makes me sick. But he played over 80% of the snaps and I saw something about how their linebackers, I think five of their top like six guys are hurt. So ultimately and that's for the Jets, maybe Walton is that sneaky play as the the ugliest three down back in the league right now. Uh, you know, could be Jimbo. So I, I don't want to shoot it down too fast cuz what's his price like 4500? I I forget exactly. Yeah,
0: 45.
1: He is. Uh so uh, I mean, if you're trying to pivot away from Samuels where everybody's going to go, then maybe Walton's the guy cuz there is legitimate two touchdown upside as gross as that sounds. Uh, But we're going to preview some other Miami Dolphins and and Jets in a second, at least for me. uh, I'm pretty excited about that game. I love the cheap shootout style games um, because the obvious ones, I mean, you got Oakland and and Detroit. Like Everyone knows it's going to be a points factory. It's when you find those cheap games that you really make the money. Um, And speaking of that points factory, it looks like your biggest wide receiver is coming from that Oakland and Detroit style matchup. Who do you love this week?
0: It is uh, Kenny Galladay. You know, I was I was all about him last week. You know, water had defined its level, and he had a shit game the week before, mm-hmm. and he came back and just dominated again this uh, this past I week. I can't
1: believe you're not a million. I mean, you you said Galladay, we said Coleman. Like, where did your lineup go wrong last week? Because you had two of the biggest plays of the week.
0: I know. I just I kind of I I'm subject to late tinkering and stuff that kind of messes with me, but ah, <sighs> it, it always gets me. I yeah. I gotta stop. <laughs> But I know.
1: A, That's the worst. I, it's, at least you had two of the biggest guys, though, so no doubt you cashed. But yeah, what else do you like about Gallaudet? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was like, damn, your lineup should have been perfect last week. <laughs>
0: um, no, but I mean, it's a great matchup in Oakland. The secondary is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, Den- or, sorry, Detroit should be able to just throw the ball like crazy. They don't really have a running game. I am a little nervous that he's going to regress to the mean a little bit off of his huge game last week, but he's just, he's too talented and he's too good, especially against this secondary. I can't see anyone stopping him. So I love Galladay and his potential stack with Matt Stafford.
1: Oh, absolutely. I love Stafford. We'll get to QBs, too. My worry is what you were saying. Like It is kind of that up-and-down show, whether it's going to be Marvin mm-hmm. Jones at 6K this week or a guy we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. That seems to be the steadiest option right yep. now. It, it, when Galladay's 7,700 and I look and I see Godwin you know, 400 bucks cheaper, I just have to pounce. And I know last week I recommended Godwin, you recommended Galladay, and certainly Galladay was the much better play and cheaper last week, too. But I still think this might be a good get-right spot for him. It's It seems similar to what you were saying with Galladay up and down. As soon as Evans has a big game... Godwin's going to whack them all, pop up, and he's going to be the next one. Uh, especially out of the slot, Seattle's been very susceptible. Uh, they got shorter corners. I think Godwin's just going to body these guys up for a two-touchdown day. I also just like seeing Tyreek Hill at 7.4. A low ownership projections, too. Under 5% projected owns for him. You know, Godwin, not so much. He's projected to be one of the chalkiest receivers of the week. But that means Tyreek could be a good pivot if you didn't want to eat that chalk. Facing Xavier Rhodes, who just used to be Rhodes closed. Now I think it's Rhodes blows. And roads are wide open. Uh, Every fucking game this guy is getting roasted, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's down deep. The guy has lost 10 steps. And I think Tyreek Hill, whether or not Matt Moore can whip that thing down the field, we're going to find out. But Hill's going to be running right open at some points of this game. Uh, So I really like looking at him at a low ownership spot here. Um, it, with anybody that still thinks Rhodes has any semblance of talent, uh, Hill could definitely destroy him this week. There are some middle-range guys I really like this week, too. It looks like me and you are in agreement on one of them. Who's the guy that you love in this middle range?
0: Uh, if you're referring to Allen Robinson in the middle range, then that's the guy I would love to target at 6,800. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know the Eagles' defense and their secondary not very good. Um, as scary as Mitch mm. Trubisky has been at quarterback and for as awful as they've been, Robinson's been a consistent factor. He's putting up uh, double-digit double digit DraftKings points in every game except one this year. And he's a target hog. And, you know, we, we always chase volumes in this game. And especially against Philly, if, if there's a defense where he can, you know, put up true wide receiver one numbers, it's going to be against the Eagles. So... Mm. Alec like Robinson, you know, you come close to a 10 catch game, over 100 yards, score a touchdown. I sense a, you know, high 20s, oh, clo- closing in on a 30-point performance for Allen Robinson this week.
1: Absolutely, they've allowed. Uh, I mean, other than one game, they've allowed 20 plus points to number one receivers in almost every single matchup this year. Uh, and Robinson's last time out against them had 10 catches, 140, and a TD. And their secondary is only worse. So I wouldn't be shocked to see another day like that for this guy. Uh, he's been a complete target hog all year. As bad as Trubisky's been. Allen Robinson's been that one consistent factor, so I love him too. Uh, absolutely, all about that play with you. Another guy I saw we both have down here is Tyrell Williams, 5900. I mean, when's the guy gonna get any type of respect? He's scored every single week he's played, like every literally every single week. Oftentimes a deep bomb as well. Now gets Detroit, who we've seen routinely dusted over four touchdowns. I mean, four for four and four touchdowns in back-to-back games. So eight total touchdowns in two games since Darius Slay got hurt. And yeah, he's expected back, but he's still dinged up could get flared up at any point they traded quandary digs like that secondary has been a complete nightmare I think it's another lock to score at least once again Tyrell Williams I see Carr and maybe two to three touchdowns Uh, Williams definitely going to be on the receiving end of at least one. And as we mentioned, on the other side of the ball, Marvin Jones, 6K. If it's not Galladay, it could be Jones, fresh off a 4 TD day not too long ago. Wouldn't be shocked for another multi-score effort from him. But honestly, I'm not getting a ton of those guys in my lineup because I already talked about I want to get Cook, I want to get Le'Veon Bell, so I have to cut costs somewhere. And where I'm doing it is wide receivers because there's a ton of cheap wide receiver plays I like this Elite. week. Who are a few that you like, Jimbo?
0: Well, one guy you mentioned it earlier with um, the potential shootout between two shitty teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking at Devonte Parker. Yeah, 4400. Ever since Fitzpatrick's came in and been the quarterback, um, Parker's been taken off. He seems to be uh, his favorite receiver. So you know he scored double-digit points and. Four straight games, and, you know, he's always a good bet for a touchdown. He scored three of the last four games. Mm-hmm. Um, this Jets defense is very beatable. And oh. we know Preston Williams isn't going to do anything because I've been waiting eight weeks for him to do <laughs> anything remotely functioning, and he just won't seem to do it. So uh, if I'm going to have to rely on a Miami guy, it's going to be Devontae Parker this week. Although I'm a little worried. We, we are expecting kind of a shootout, but these teams are so bad. I could almost see, like, just no one being able to score and just like having an absolute crap fest of a game and just shooting myself in the foot here.
1: Absolutely. It could go one of – it's going to go one of either ways. There's no middle ground here. It's not going to be like 12 to 20. It's going to either be like, you know, 0 to 3 or it's going to be 30 to 35. Like, And I I am leaning that 30 to 35. I really think – I mean, just sneak preview of my cheap quarterback. I love the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick Parker start stack this week. It, it's, it's so hideous to say. But every single year, I, I feel like the Millionaire Maker, every week, there's always one week where it's Ryan Fitzpatrick week. Uh, you know, the beginning of last year. If you somehow started, if you had five touchdowns against the Saints yeah. the year before, there's like a six-touchdown day against Houston. I wouldn't be shocked against the Jets giving up the, the six-most points to receivers and like fifth-most points to quarterback backs could totally be that especially if Darnold does his end of the bargain facing another shit team in Miami so I, I love Parker I think that's a great call another guy I'm locking into almost every lineup again that that Detroit game uh, Detroit Oakland I love targeting everyone there and I love Amendola these last few weeks he has eight catches and 85 yards at least in back-to-back weeks uh, yep. ever since they lost the running game Stafford's been over 330 yards and three plus touchdowns in both contests and Amendola's has kind of become that middle of the field stabilizer, where that was often carrying on Johnson. Now it seems like they're they're using Amendola almost as an extension of the run game and those short, quick hitters, that slot weapon that Patricia's always seen the Patriots use so well. Seems like he's finally coming into his own after disappearing. He's only 4.7K. He has Pro Football Focus's best graded wide receiver corner matchup of the week, so I'm locking him and Parker into almost every lineup. Uh, and if not, I really like Curtis Samuel at 4.3K. We all know the narrative, you know, top five in air yards in the league, you know, top 15 or whatever it is in targets, just not connecting. Them. But one of these weeks, he is due to finally connect. They're projecting that he's going to get that. Ah, what's the corner's name? I didn't write it down. Uh, but Pro Football Focus had him not match up with Butler, but the other guy. And and Curtis Samuel. that guy's, you know, bottom five, according to Pro Football Focus. We saw him get just dusted by Evans routinely last week. And I wouldn't be shocked if this is finally that breakout game for Curtis Samuel At only 4.3K, it's worth at least finding out in a couple lineups. Um, in terms of chalk... A lot of people do like that Samuel matchup. He's third highest at 16%. Godwin the highest at 21.7 right now. Sutton 17% projections. Lockett 15% and Keenan Allen 15%. The Sutton one to me just doesn't make much sense with Brendan Allen coming in. Like Maybe it's yeah. a, a flyer. That's the one that I wouldn't expect to stay at 17%. Again, none of these are perfect. None of these are locked in. Uh, I was going to ask you, though, what do you think of the Keenan Allen one? Because he is only 6,400, similar to Gordon. That's like the lowest this guy has been pretty much ever over these last three years. Do you think there's any chance for a rebound here for Keenan?
0: Uh, there's definitely chance for a rebound. I mean, you can always... Rely on Keenan Allen to, you know, come up big if you need him. I know PFF is big on him this week, and while the matchup may not look like the greatest, um, you know, there's other guys in that tier that I don't really care for. Like Juju, no. Terry McLaurin, no. T. Y. Hilton, no. Odell, no. So I mean, if I'm looking for someone around that cheaper six, high fives area, I mean. I'd consider it. I, I mean, I'm probably not going to have him in my lineups, but I don't hate the play.
1: Yeah, it he feels so due. I just don't know when it's going to happen or why. The, every year, it seems like that second half, Keenan will have five straight monsters and be like that top leading mm-hmm. scorer for a few weeks and remind us all it could spark this week. And at 6,400, probably worth a shot, at least in a lineup or two. Um, moving on to the single start positions, unless you want to throw a tight end in the flex, which we do not recommend generally. Uh, QBs this week. I'm probably not paying up. I already mentioned I'm probably going for that uh, Fitzmagic 4800 stream. Uh, but if not, if you're going to pay up, who do you love this week, Jimbo?
0: If I'm paying up, I'm going after Stafford. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. stack him with either Kenny G or Amendola. But um, I love Stafford this week. Uh, you know, in Oakland, he's put up seven touchdowns in his last two games. You know, he's going to hit that 300 yard mark because he pretty much always does. Um, to get the bonus points he's been on fire you know he's like slowly starting to get MVP like consideration like people are starting to talk about it so you know they're not really sleeping on Stafford anymore as his price reflects it it's pretty high Um, and with all the quarterbacks that we're missing on this slate he's one of the best ones out there so prime matchup guy throws the ball a lot I don't see the problem with Stafford here
1: Yeah, the only other guy I'd consider, I'm all about you with with Stafford. It's very obvious why this is happening. They lost their only good running back, and their defense lost two of their crucial starters. So it makes complete sense, and I don't see why it's going to change, especially with the second-most points to quarterbacks on the docket with Oakland, uh, the easiest matchup he's had over these last two weeks, and he's been just bawling anyways. So yeah, I'm totally with you there. I I love that one. If I'm not going him, I do like targeting that, that Bucks Seahawks game. I could see that one becoming a, a quick shootout too. And Russell Wilson, you know, it's obviously going to depend on Jameis and whether he's going to be just complete crab leg shit fest Jameis or whether or not he can actually go toe to toe with Russ. But if he can, I really like Russell at 7.1 K. Uh, Tampa Bay giving up the third most points to quarterbacks, so the most passing yards in the league. If we get a duel, Russell Wilson's at his best. The only worry there is if they start blowing him out. And Just pound the rock as we saw last week with Russell. Always a possibility there. Uh, But in the middle pack, that's that's also the other guy I love targeting at 6,100, Jameis Winston. Um, Again, if that script is the right script, the narrative goes the right way, It's not a great secondary. Winston's only 6,100. He's got two of the best weapons, obviously, but the best two weapons, in my opinion, uh, in the league for a 1-2 combo. I love the Winston-Godwin stack. I think he could definitely be a beast this week. Um, What are your thoughts on Winston or anybody else in that middle range? I'm
0: going to have a lot of uh, my chips in on Winston this week. So mm-hmm. probably a lot of equity on him in DFS and normal fantasy. So oh boy. <laughs> it's a, it's a very nerve wracking feeling. So and, and that's not... when he
1: craps himself. As soon as you go like all in on him in your leagues and in your DFS, he's going to shit himself. I'm just telling you already, Jimbo. <laughs> yep.
0: So if I'm, if Wolf's here on the podcast next week and you don't see me for some reason, you'll know it's because Jameis Winston shit the vet. So,
1: <laughs> Oh man, do we need Need you, Jimbo. You can't be hanging from the rafters. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I know. Well, good luck to Woodson. I thought like he could totally kill it this week. Uh, but I yeah, the, se- the second you give him faith is, is when he's going to abandon you the most. The only one you bench him is when he blows up. Um, the only other middle range guy I saw that caught my eyes, Derek Carr, 5,500. Yeah. We keep talking about you know targeting Stafford and those lines receivers. But the reason why I like them is because I think Carr can go toe-to-toe. I think it becomes a shootout style, not just a blowout game. Uh, With that secondary, giving up eight touchdowns over the last two weeks. I could definitely see Carr getting three-plus this week. I'm benching. Uh, this is going to come out tomorrow, so Kyler Murray's going tonight. But in three out of my five leagues, I have Kyler starting. And in all three of them, I picked up Carr. <laughs> I'm going him yep. in all three. So just like Winston, you know that means that's, Carr's throwing yeah, three that's, picks, that's why 200 Winston's yards. playing this
0: week. I'm not playing Kyler against uh, San Francisco. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> of course, Kyler's going to run for like 202 scores, even if he doesn't yep. do anything with the, the, you know, the arm. We'll find out, obviously, <laughs> whether this plays out the right way. Or not, uh, but I liked Car. I guess I see you have him as your, your low cost boom play. I feel it's my fault for uh, stealing your thunder on that one. Is there anybody else you like in the low price range outside of Car?
0: A guy I almost put in there. Uh, I'm gonna throw up when I say, but Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. At five thousand, I mean it's such a cheap price, and the Philly defense is you can't run on them, so you got to throw on them and. They'll, they could be playing by or from behind a lot of the game, and you know, especially if it's a game where like if they're getting blown out and he's just like doing like garbage time touchdowns, like he did against the Saints, where he looked like his numbers looked respectable at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't hate that play. I just I wish he would run more. That's yeah. where he was so much better last year.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so I, I'm probably not going to do it, but it's intriguing at five thousand to have Trubisky there.
1: I, I see it too. He's one of my the higher lower Hail Mary podcast I recorded earlier today. I had him as a Hail Mary at only 20% owned in leagues. Um, he's going to obviously be even lesser owned in and, and DraftKings. 5,000 is not a bad play for a secondary. That's probably the worst in the league. We've seen him do it last year, you know, six touchdown days and whatnot. I, he just looks like a, a lesser Trubisky this year. He just doesn't look nearly as comfortable. But if he's ever going to come out of his shell and, and be that Trubisky of old, we saw last year, that can win millions. Uh, it could be this week. I've already uh, alluded to the fact that it could be the Fitzmagic week. He has one of those five touchdown games every single season, and I, I think this is the one. This is going to be that week. Uh, but if not him, I don't hate the fact that Rivers is only 5,100. I mean, I get Green Bay's had a solid secondary all year, but Rivers is over 20 and well over half his game, uh, over you know 65% time he's hitting 20 points. And I you know especially if Rogers gets up big early and Rivers has to come from behind, I don't hate the play at fifty one hundred. I mean you're saving a yeah. ton of money for a much higher floor than Fitzmagic or um, you know Trubisky. Maybe not quite the ceiling because the matchup's tough, but I don't think the ceiling's all that far off either. If he's playing comeback mode, so like a, a Rivers Keenan Allen stack to me makes a lot of sense this week. Um, I like him a lot at 5,100. In terms of chalk, Rivers is not on that list, surprisingly, despite the price. They got Russ at 13.8%, Jameis at 113 Derek Carr, third at eleven point three, and actually Matt Moore coming in at eleven point three as well. Uh yeah. okay. Uh, he had a decent day, I guess, against Green Bay last week, and that's part of why I like Rivers, is like if Moore can throw two to three touchdowns on him, then then certainly uh, you know, Rivers could, but I, I can't see Matt Moore doing it again. I, I have no idea why he would be as high on no. go for the Fitz Magic if you're going that cheap, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I hate to say it, but yeah. I'd rather play Fitz than Matt Moore.
1: <laughs> well, down to tight ends now. If you're paying up, uh, and I don't hate paying up at tight end. I usually you know, skimp on quarterback and just try to find that guy that could have the 200, 300-yard day, three touchdowns, whoever's facing Miami, whoever's facing Philly. Uh, but at, at tight end, I, I kind of like paying up, and there's at least one or two guys I really like this week. Who do you like if you're going expensive at tight end, Jimbo?
0: I like Hunter Henry. Um, so, you know, since his return, he's been one of the most targeted and has the highest, has one of the highest amounts of yardage from tight ends. Um, you know, he had that one game where he scored twice and he hasn't scored since. But you know, he's still getting a lot of looks. And with the Packers, you know, they're more susceptible to tight ends than they are receivers. And we all know Phil loves his tight ends, so I feel like it's not a bad matchup here for you know Henry and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's too bad of a play at six thousand.
1: No, not at all. The guy I would try to squeeze in at only 300 more would be Darren Waller. Uh, He's going to be the chalk guy. He's 21%, the highest projected tight end here. But he's facing that Detroit, again, that matchup. Whoever you can get on the Raiders, whoever you can get in Detroit, I'm all about stacking that game. Um, You look at a lot of million dollar winning lineups and oftentimes it's six, seven players from the same game that just ended up being the the 60, 70 point total. I see that happening this week. I think Waller could easily be on the receiving end of one to two touchdowns, just like I think about Tyrell as well. It's one thing about that offense. They don't have a ton of options, despite the fact they put up lots of yards and points. Uh, so it's very concentrated who gets that. I think Waller and, and Tyrell both have solid games. At only 6,300, they're giving up the, the 27th most po- – uh, the, the third most points. So they're – I mean, he's averaging 17.2, a league high at that. Just to me, it's a, a smash-button spot. I love hitting Waller if I'm paying up at tight end. Uh, but ultimately, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get – both Le'Veon Bell, I'm trying to get Talvin Cook, and oftentimes I'm trying to get Aaron Jones into my lineup too. So that's, you know, I'm putting almost all my capital into running backs. That means I have to save it tight end. Who's some guys, you know, under 4K that you're looking at, uh, Jimbo?
0: Uh, TJ Hawkinson's a guy to consider. I know he hasn't really done much since his first game of the season, but, you know, we're targeting a lot of guys in this Detroit and Oakland matchup um so i i could see hawkinson you know kind of rebounding from his down downward play you know he could be a decent play this week i looked at Johnu smith but you know if i'm playing derrick henry i'm not going to want to play smith as well i think greg olson's not too bad of a play either um it's there's decent guys in this area not a ton that i'm really going to look for though
1: no, I, I agree. Um, one guy I, I do like is whoever's starting for Tampa Bay. It's uh, oh, yeah. not looking like it's Howard because he's mispracticed back-to-back. Brait did get suited up today, back in action. Uh, he's only 3,100. Seattle's just given up the fourth most points to touch uh, tight ends. I think whoever's there is overdue. And even if both those guys sit preseason hero, uh, Tanner Hudson, I think his name was, he yes, led the league. In, yeah, preseason touchdowns, preseason yardage. He's only 2,500. Maybe he finds the end zone. Uh, so those are all guys I like. And also, Goddard's only 3,100. I just saw he's got a touchdown in back to back weeks and has kind of taken that job from Ertz, it seems, at this point. And, you know, the Chicago D is great against wide receivers, They're only giving up the fifth most points to wide receivers. But they've been giving up uh, the, the bottom five against running backs and also tight ends right now. So if there's a way to exploit that defense, it's definitely over the seams. I could see Goddard finding the end zone at a very cheap price as well. Expected chalk right now is uh, Darren Waller, 21% highest projected. Kelsey's 16.7. Ertz is 12.4. Henry, 12.4. And Goddard, 7.8% are our top five highest projected tight ends. Is there anyone that I said on that list that you're like, Ugh, I don't want any piece of that?
0: Probably both the Eagles guys, because whichever one I pick, it's going to be the other one yeah, that right. ends up scoring the touchdown and blowing up. So I'd I'd rather just stay completely away from that situation.
1: Don't blame you there. I I'm not a fan of Kelsey. If I'm you know he's more expensive than Waller, so if I'm paying up that price point, I'll save the 500 bucks. And I'll, I'll go Waller. I, I get he scored with Matt Moore last week, but that was a 100% a broken play. Um, so I, I'm not about that. What about defenses? Let's wrap things up. Is there any defense you're making sure to target this week? There's no Patriots, which is my go-to every week. I know. Uh, so now we've got to figure out an alternate strategy. Who are you going with a defense, Jimbo?
0: My favorite defense this week is the Steelers. And mm-hmm. I was a little surprised that they're only 2,400. Um, they've scored double-digit uh DraftKings points and it looks like f- one two three yeah five straight games and they're at home this week they're you know they're playing the colts and the colts have been one of the weirder offenses where one night they look like really good and the next thing you know they come out and play denver at home and they can't move the ball right um so you know P- pittsburgh they generate a lot of turnovers and they get a lot of sacks from their uh front seven and the pressure that they bring I I can't believe they're this cheap. I feel like this is a smash spot, and they're gonna be in every single one of my lineups this week.
1: I I like the points all there, especially with the fact that Ebron didn't practice today. T. Y. Hilton. Uh, popped up and didn't practice today, too. Midweek injuries are never a good thing. So if they're out with a, a couple of those studs, uh, and if that's the case, too, I'll actually love Jack Doyle at 3,000 if Ebron sits because the Pittsburgh D is giving up the 8th most points to tight ends. So I, I'd be smashing that button all day. But fully with you there, uh, if those two weapons are out, it makes them even more attractive. They've ruined my I don't know if I told you about my fucking horrible beat yet, but on Monday night, uh, they... They uh, obviously had the Miami Dolphins, so they were in a great spot. But they, the, as anybody watching the game, saw Dolphins put up yep. fourteen early. It's like holy shit! Like all right, like they they needed eleven, I think, for for the opponent to win. They went down to uh, zero right off the bat. I was like, all right, I got I got a solid chance here, and all until the the last quarter, I was still winning. The last I think play or two of the game you know he takes a sack Fitzpatrick I end up losing by just under a point oh Um, no and and they didn't put up a single point for 46 straight minutes like one more field goal one more touchdown and I'm you know it goes right back down and I'm winning so just one of those horrible I'm sitting there watching the worst offense be the worst (laughs) offense and just everything about it was torturous I wouldn't put me in a fucking like water whatever they call those things the water
0: Waterboarding?
1: Ben. Yeah, waterboarding. Exactly, yeah. Give me one of those next time instead of watching. I can't believe I'm as, high, I'm as high as I am on Ryan Fitzpatrick after that murder. I feel like he just owes me uh, after that. The one defense I'm actually kind of locking into my lineups because, again, I, I have to save money if I'm getting both Bell and Cook, and I'm just going to keep repeating that I want that as my backfield all weekend. It's going to be 70-plus points, I think, between those two guys. So you got to save everywhere else. And Washington's the cheapest defense this week at 1,800. I, they've been solid since Bill Callahan took over just because they control the clock well. They haven't given up more than 20 points in a single game. They're facing one of the more prone turnover-prone quarterbacks in Josh Allen. Like, I, you're not going to get a 30-point Patriots-style effort, but a pick six isn't impossible. They've they, Again, with the clock being more managed there, they, they haven't been bleeding points like they were to start the year. I don't hate the fact that they're only 1,800, the cheapest defense on the slate. Yeah. Uh, all you need is six, seven points, and that's paying off in, in spades. So I, that's one of my big cost savers is going Washington this week. I do like the, the Pittsburgh play if I can afford them. Obviously a much more talented unit, but uh, I don't hate the, the Washington at 1,800 by any means.
0: It's not uh, all the time, you know. You can put in the lowest price defense on the slate and say, you know what, I think this is okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's usually like, you know, the the Patriots against like the worst, like Miami yeah. is usually the cheapest defense, but not yeah, it's this always week. Whoever
0: like the Chiefs are playing with Mahomes, exactly. Like, all right, we'll make them like eight hundred bucks.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but not not this week. So I'm I, I'm sneaking them in. That's you know, I don't often do it. I usually come going Patriots, but this week we don't have that option. Uh, so so, give me them all week, the, the Washington Redskins. Oh, God. All righty, Jimbo. Uh, that's all we got. That's all we have time for today. So everyone listening, thank you so much. We appreciate the uh, support. Go on over to rotostreetjournal.com to check out Jimbo's article. We're breeding and feeding fantasy wolves in really season-long in daily fantasy. We've had some great success throughout the year, uh, and, and hopefully this podcast helps you win some dough this weekend. Any of the other socials or anything you want to pump, Jimbo?
0: Nope. Uh, you know, just go, ch- go check out the article, go, uh, you know, just keep following the website and follow along and good things will happen.
1: Absolutely, um, and I'm of course the Wolf of Roto Street. You can find me at Roto Street Wolf, and be sure to tune in to our live broadcast. I think we're going to attempt, we're trying to experiment and, and you know do this part show live or uh, hit some technical snags. Uh, we're going to try to get the fancy tailgate on not just Facebook, where it's our, our primary. We love you. Come on over if you're on Facebook. We're trying to stream it on YouTube and Twitch this weekend as well, and uh, not Twitch, uh, Periscope, whatever the fuck the Twitter one is we're going to try to stream it on three different spots. So the experimenting has not been going great so far. But that, I I hope, is the program is going to work for us. So check us out on any of those three channels. Get your sit-start questions answered. Get your inactives, actives, all that good stuff. Uh, And and we'll pack. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until then, best of luck in Week 9, DFS and season long. Uh, We hope you guys win a lot of money this week. We are out. We used to have it all. But now's our curtain call, so hold for the applause, oh, 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 and wave out to the crowd, and take our final bow, oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show, 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 at least we stole the show. Stole the show. Straight ahead, second down, third Touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.